G'day and welcome to another episode of the Luke's Lowdown Podcast. Today, I'm going to talk about my little summer holiday that I had away from social media. That's right. I took a couple of weeks off from posting or really engaging at all on social media. And you know one of the coolest things was? I didn't announce it. I didn't need to label it, oh, I'm going on a social media detox and I'll see you in a couple of weeks. I did nothing. I just switched off and unattached myself from the world's social networks. And that was the coolest part. I didn't need to make a big song and dance about it. So why did I do this? Why did I take myself away from the communities that I have online. All of you who are listening to the Luke Slowdown podcast and who have subscribed, hopefully you have subscribed. If you haven't, please do that. Why did I take myself away? Well, why do people go on holidays? Why do people take a break? So they can recharge. So they can reassess with what they are doing. And that's what I really needed. After the 500 man, and after not doing another challenge that I had planned and realizing that I just had to take a little step back in order to help me take three, four, five big leaps forward into the future, part of that was just removing myself from social media. I had a few scheduled posts planned for the podcast because I wanted to keep you guys informed with things that I wanted to share. That was it. Very minimal engagement. Some days I didn't even open the apps that I have on my phone or on my desktop, nothing. And I wanna share with you three things that I learned. And after doing this, I honestly think that we all, no matter how little or how often, and I know some of you will be on different social media networks multiple times every hour for probably 12 to 15 hours a day. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about. You know who you are. And I wanna share with you what I learned. And the first thing, if you're one of these people who are on any social media site multiple times a day, every hour, multiple times an hour, the first thing I want to share with you after taking, it was probably, I probably didn't post for maybe three weeks. I don't even know. And it was that cool because I just let it go. I didn't try and fight it. I didn't say, I'm going to stop for two weeks, set an alarm in two weeks time and say, right, start posting again. I just stepped away from it. And it was only a couple of days ago. And I thought, you know what? Yeah, it's time to get back on the horse. The first thing that I learned from taking these few weeks off was that I survived. I survived. The world survived. Nothing changed. Nothing changed. So what does this mean? On one level, my followers pretty much stayed the same. So there wasn't a mass exodus of, well, Luke's not posting anymore, I'm getting out. No one disowned me from my family 
and friends across the world because I use social medias not just to promote what I'm doing, not just to give all of you and all my followers thoughts and insights to think about for your own lives to help you move forward and not just to keep you up to date with what I'm doing and where I'm going and what I have coming up. I use it to keep in contact with friends all around the world because I've lived all around the world and also family back in Australia as I'm living in London and it's great. But you know what? No one, no one disowned me. None of my followers wrote messages, direct messages and said, where are you? You're not posting. I'm unfollowing you. There was none of that. And you know, the crazy thing was, the crazy thing was, I actually had just as many people per week following me, new people following me, than I did when I posted every day, twice a day. That's crazy. Think about it. I had several weeks off, and the amount of followers I gained per week was pretty much the same. I would say 90% the same, down 10%. Wow. That's pretty crazy, isn't it? When you think about it. So my followers overall actually went up after three weeks. Don't ask me how. I don't know. I, I haven't got that answer. So I survived, guys. I survived. The world survived and social media still survived when I took my little summer holiday. And that's really cool. And that's really interesting to note and something that I will think about into the future. Now, after everything survived and I knew that nothing's going to crash, the second thing that I learned, that I felt was I had this tremendous feeling of being refreshed. When I eventually posted the other day, I didn't feel a strain. I didn't feel like, oh, I'm posting just because I should. Okay, sometimes we build this pressure up to people who live our lives online. I don't know, maybe this is me talking. Maybe there's no one else who's listening to this who actually feels this way or has felt this way. Maybe you're just shaking your heads going, what is this guy talking about? Seriously, I have no pressure. I just love posting how I'm living my life, doing what I'm doing. I love posting new things to help others grow and learn. But for me, at times, there's a pressure to constantly post. Yes, I get that's an internal thing, but it's a pressure of the timing, being consistent in every day that you post, with the timings that you post, making sure it's in the same format, making sure it's similar. So my followers can relate to it. They enjoy it. They like what I post. That's why they're following me. So I do... And I have felt this pressure that if I miss this window of time and certain days when I should be posting something, I put this pressure on myself. So removing that and not feeling guilty, not feeling guilty about not posting for several weeks, it creates this feeling of being 
extremely refreshed. And that was refreshing in itself. Um, definitely not a comedian, that's for sure. So the first thing was that I survived, the world survived, social media survived. And then I felt refreshed, I felt rejuvenated, you know, almost like clean, I, I, because I've had this break, you know when you get back from holidays, you've let everything settle, you're stress-free, you've taken away from yourself from life that's really trying to stress you out, and you're ready to go again. And so this leads into the third thing that I learned about having a social media summer holiday feeling more refreshed, opened up even more headspace and time for me to think. Now, why is this important? Because I like to think that my content on social media is interesting. It's something that people can take away and use. It's not just me standing in front of a sunset going, live life. There's a little bit more depth to what I post. For the majority of it, don't get me wrong. You know, I'm not gonna say 100% of the stuff that I put up is extremely insightful, but I like to think most of it is. And I try and create these posts and these thought-provoking words that I have, or videos, to help you, to help you learn, to help you grow, to help you think a little bit differently or a little bit more laterally, maybe it's always in your mind, but just to try and open it up to a broader spectrum, to view life with a wider lens. This is why I post on social media. I wanna teach you what life has taught me so we can all learn, grow, and become the best version of ourselves each and every day. So having the social media summer holiday that I had freed up more headspace to actually look at my life, first and foremost, look at life, and then sort of understand the things that I learnt during this time so I can share those with you and things that have evolved. So if you are thinking about just stepping away from the relentless pressure or the relentless way of social media. I cannot recommend it enough. If this is your brand, if this is what you do for a living, I promise you, I guarantee, you can find space in your time to just have a break. And your followers, i.e. your fans and people who look up to you and, and look to you for inspiration or information, the ones that are actually engaging with you, the ones that you actually want that are people, that are ones who are truly part of your community, they're going to stick around. The ones that are just a number, they're going to leave. And that's totally fine because you want to grow your community, just like I want to grow mine, with authentic people who want to engage in a conversation, engage in what I'm trying to do, and what you're trying to do if you are growing your social media 
online as part of your business or for awareness for a brand or your brand. You want authentic, unique followers. And if you have a break, they will understand. Because I have no doubt you will realize that you survived, social media survived, nothing shut down, you'll feel refreshed, you'll remove any stress that you've got on yourself, and then it'll clear it up for more headspace, more great ideas. You may even be pumped to start creating more content and pushing out new things. And if you're at that level, have new brands that want to work with you to create content. So think about it. Think about just having a break. And even if you just use social media to keep in touch with loved ones around the world or just across the road, it'll stop you from constantly feeling like you need to pick your phone up to turn your computer on and type in those words of whichever social media account that you do on a regular basis but remember this one thing guys don't announce it don't label it just switch off and enjoy some time unattached to the world's social media networks and on that note i'm going to leave you to the rest of your day and remember if you're enjoying the Luke Slowdown podcast, please share this, like the post, leave a comment. That would be awesome. I'm super, super excited to hear from you all. And most importantly, please subscribe because it will really help us create this community that can grow and become aware to more and more people. So once again, thanks again for listening, everyone. It's been awesome to share with you my social media summer holiday and what I've learnt. And remember, be real, be you. G'day and welcome to another episode of the Luke Slowdown podcast. Where today I'm chatting with you about the power of reflection. That's right. What does this mean? What is my version of the power of reflection? Well, in life, it doesn't always go to plan. Things go wrong. We don't achieve what we set out to achieve. Not that that is necessarily a bad thing, but we don't always get to where we want to go. And some people call that failure. Now, I don't look at failing as a negative. I look at it as a positive outcome. It's not a destination, it's failure. failing is an outcome. But that's for a whole nother podcast and I'll bring to you my, my thoughts on failure, hopefully in the, in the near future. But today, power of reflection. So, something doesn't go to plan. Do we stop? Do we give up? Do we just move on? You know, I speak to many entrepreneurs on a regular basis. I've done talks to a lot of different people who have been successful on many different levels. And some of them talk about failing fast. And I don't necessarily have a problem with that, but I always counter that statement with, what did you learn? 
from that failure? What did you learn from that setback? And this is something that I've spent many years looking over the, my past and what I achieved in my football career, my endurance endeavors, and, and just in my personal life as well. Taking time to look at what went wrong, to understand so I can gain some knowledge out of it. So I hopefully don't make the same mistake twice, but also so I can gain some insight into helping me actually move forward with what I'm trying to achieve, rather than just saying, that didn't work, I'm gonna move on to the next thing. And today I'm gonna to give you a couple of steps. The process that I go through to help me use what I call the power of reflection. Now, if you'd like a nice little polished version of this that's really simple to read, I actually wrote a small ebook on the power of reflection and you can go and grab that at luketaberski.com. There'll be a pop-up and you can download it there. It's really quick, it won't take you long and that'll give you something to go back to constantly. But there's gonna be loads of snippets in this podcast that's not in the book because I've learned from when I last wrote that book and I've grown from that period of time, which wasn't all that long ago. So here we go, the power of reflection. How does that start? What does that look like for me? Well, when I finally realize that something hasn't gone right or I'm not achieving at a rate where I feel I should be or I haven't been given the opportunities that I feel like I I may have been working hard enough to create. You know, it's not just about something going wrong, it's maybe something's not happening how the way I would have thought with the work I'm putting in. So the first thing that I do once I realize that something needs to change, I need to try and figure out what happened or why I'm not moving forward or why I'm moving backwards is I need to stop. That's the first thing. We need to stop. If we want to understand what went wrong or why things aren't going right for us or in a fashion that we'd hoped, is we need to stop for a second. Physically, mentally, emotionally, and we need to put everything down. Take a deep breath and actually give ourselves some space. I mean this literally and figuratively. To actually figure out what went wrong or what isn't going the way that we want it to go. So we need to give ourselves some space, whether it's in minutes and times or just in our head. So we're not going 100 miles an hour, 8, 10, 12, 15 hours a day at work or in our business. Okay, If you take half a day, an hour, five minutes a week out of your life to actually stop and you may see this as a step backwards. That's okay. Because what you're going to learn by stopping and giving yourself some breathing room will no doubt give you two, three, four, five, six, ten steps forward. So taking the time to stop, to actually give you space so you can try and figure out what is going on will help you in the future. So that's the first thing. 
stop. The next step is to look. Okay, so once we've actually stopped, once we're still, once we have some space in our lives and in our head, we have to look deep. We can't just look on the surface. It can't be a superficial look. We have to go deep into the problem, deep into the thing that is enabling us or disabling us, I should say, from moving forward or the thing that didn't go the way that we wanted. Okay, now this is where you need to surround yourself with people who will tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear, okay? Because these people are going to help you to look into what happened or what isn't happening. And they can help you figure out that by looking into the thing that went wrong or is not going on, whether it's your business or your personal life. You have to ask yourself the difficult questions, okay? So you actually have to spend the time to look at what is going on. You can't sweep it under the rug. You can't ignore it. You have to face up to it, just like when you look at yourself in the mirror and you stare into your eyes and ask yourself the deep questions. This is the look that you need to have. You need to look at what you're trying to figure out with intention to try and figure out exactly what went wrong. So after you've stopped and you've looked into what is going on, now it's time to listen. What, what is the failure? What is the thing that you're trying to achieve telling you? Now that you've got some headspace, now that you've actually slowed down your life and you're looking at the problem, or you're looking at an arm of your business that isn't moving forward, what is it trying to tell you? Have you been going so fast in your life that you haven't been hearing the cries for help, whether it's from family, business, or other aspects of your personal life? Or even your health? Now that you're actually taking time to stop and look at your health, are there actually warning signs? that have been trying to tell you for so long what is going on, but you haven't had the space in your life and you haven't been acknowledging these things. So you can't hear what the problem is trying to tell you. Because when we actually stop and when we actually slow down, we hear the world and what's going on within our world, in our own lives, so much clearer. Because there's so... There's so much noise when we get out of our own personal inner sphere in the world. So when we actually stop and take a deep look into that, it's gonna tell us things. But if we're not prepared to listen, then how are we, if we're not prepared to listen, then how are we going to move forward with what it's trying to tell us? So after we've stopped and we've looked, and we've actually been able to listen to what is going on. It's time to ask the questions. And as I said to you earlier, looking in the mirror, 
and asking yourself those hard questions in life, the difficult questions in life. These are the questions that you have to ask yourself, others in your team, in your crew, in your business, because these are the people that are gonna help you find the answers. They may know the answers, but they may just also give you pieces to help you move forward to figure out what it is that's going wrong or how you can move forward. It's not gonna be easy because asking difficult questions can sometimes give answers that you don't necessarily want to hear, but you may need to hear them. As I said earlier, you wanna surround yourself with people that will tell you what you need to know, not what you want to hear, okay? So you also have to ask questions of yourself. Have you been working hard enough? Have you been working smart? Have you been working in a direction that maybe you shouldn't, okay? So you have to figure out what is going on by asking questions. Because you've slowed down, you've stopped, and you've actually taken a look at what is going on. And you've started to actually hear the whispers of the problem. And now you're asking questions to try and unpack what is being said to you, figuratively and literally. Now, when you've done all of this, and you've asked the questions and you've got some answers back, it's almost like you have this blank sheet of paper and from listening and asking the questions, you're writing notes. And there's all these pieces of a puzzle that are the notes that you wrote down and they turn into these pieces and now you've got this jumbled puzzle in front of you. It's up to you now to learn from this process and figure out a way to put that puzzle back together. Now, it may not all go perfectly together right at that time. Everything may not fit. You may only get one or two pieces that work together and the rest is all jumbled. But you know, the cool thing is, you go back through the process, you stop again, you look at what's going on or what's not going on, and you listen to that, and you ask the questions, and then you learn. That is the final step in the power of reflection. Well, my version of the power of reflection is you have to learn from this experience. You have to learn what others are trying to teach you. You have to learn what you're finding out yourself, not just dismiss it. Because if everything was going perfectly and you were constantly moving forward at a rate that you were over the moon by, and if nothing went wrong in your life, then there's no need to reflect. But I've yet to find anyone in this world that their life is completely perfect. So the power of reflection can help everyone, but we have to be willing to stop, look, listen, ask questions, and then learn from the process. And once you've done all of this, then it's time to go to work with what the power of reflection has taught you. Because that's the bottom line. You can learn as much as you want, but unless you use that knowledge, 
and actually put the consistent hard work with conviction in. And I don't mind if that's actual physical work, mental work, uh, emotional work in a relationship. If you're not using the knowledge that you've learned to help you move forward with consistent hard work, then it's been a waste of your time. So remember guys, stop, look, listen, ask questions and learn. But the bottom line is you've got to put the work in with the knowledge that you've gained through the power of reflection. I'm going to leave it right there and I'm going to let you get back to your day Nice, short and sweet, but hopefully you got some golden nuggets out of that. And if you did, please share the podcast. Also like, subscribe and leave a comment. I really want to know what you're thinking about the Luke's Lowdown podcast. What are your thoughts? I really appreciate hearing from you all. And remember to subscribe. It really helps me out. I'm loving everyone that's listening to it. The numbers are going up and up and up each episode. It's so cool. And I think everyone for tuning in and until next time remember be you be real g'day and welcome to another episode of the luke's lowdown podcast and today's episode i'm going to talk a little bit about mental health something that is being talked about more and more these days but i want to come at it from a different perspective why we don't talk about it as much as I think that we should. Now I've spoken about for years uh, that I've battled with depression and I'm very open about that. And with my new book coming out later this year in 2018, I dive into some of the experiences I've had over the years. Um, pretty dark, pretty real, raw and very open. Um, some stuff that I've never spoken about to anyone before. So I'm excited to share that with you because I feel like a lot of people can resonate with, with it because I suffered in silence for many, many years and I'm sure many people are suffering silence still to this day and not want to speak about their battles with mental health. So I'm looking forward to being able to actually share with you my book so people can maybe relate to it and it can help them reach out and hopefully speak about their mental health illness even more. So today, I wanna to talk about mental health like it's an injury, all right? And hang on for a second, like I run with me with this, okay? Like I wanna think of it as mental health is an injury. Now, it's something that happens to many people and some people speak about what they go through more than others and some people keep it in the dark within the four walls of their house so to speak or even in their mind they won't speak about it to anyone they'll try and hide it now others are, some people are more susceptible to mental health um, illnesses because on a neurological level where maybe the neurotransmitters things like um, dopamine and things like that are firing too much or not enough or other ones as well so people may be more susceptible to mental health um, issues whereas others may not be you know on a chemical level in their in their brain everything's 
a little bit more, in inverted commas, normal. With that in mind, I want you to think about this. Imagine if your work colleague sprained an ankle on the weekend and they come into work hobbling. Now, they're gonna tell you what happened and they're gonna tell you what the diagnosis is or they're gonna tell you, yeah, I'm going to see a doctor or a physio or an osteopath or, or someone tomorrow or the next day. And they're gonna tell you what the diagnosis is. And then they're gonna tell you what the treatment plan is. You can see it, the ankle's swollen. You can see that they can't function properly because they're limping, okay? And there is a course of action and they're telling you what they're going to do. Now imagine if we flipped this around and we did this with mental health, okay? So let's call him Steve walks into the office with a, with a swollen ankle from playing football or something on the weekend. Now you're not gonna talk about that all day long. You might have a bit of a chat for the first five minutes and are you okay? Yes, I'm going to see this person or I've already seen this person, this is a diagnosis and this is what I have to do to get better and get fit. No one will say anything negative, maybe tongue in cheek, but that's acceptable. You know, I don't like using that word, but it is acceptable and people have a chat initially when they go to work and they get into the office and then that's it. But imagine if Sally walks into the office, totally fictitious name, but Sally walks into the office and she comes in and she looks a bit upset and she looks a bit down. And someone says, oh, are you okay, Sally? And she says, oh, I'm, I feel really depressed and I feel like I'm battling um, with a bout of, of depression and I'm feeling these certain emotions and I'm not in a good way. Like that's a different conversation, isn't it? To our man who's got a swollen ankle to Sally who walks in and straight away off the bat when someone asks her, how are you? She goes in to tell them exactly how she feels. She feels depressed. And she might even be able to explain why. She might know why. Maybe she broke up with her partner or maybe she lost some financial security or, or something else. Now imagine if this situation in every workplace in society, the next question was, how can I help? Or are you going to see someone about that? Or I, I can recommend someone that I know that my friend went to see. In reality, I believe this doesn't happen because initially the person who is suffering with their mental health doesn't really speak up because they feel all different emotions. Ashamed um, is a big one. And that's what I felt. That's why I didn't want to speak up. For years, I didn't want to speak up that I was battling because I felt ashamed to admit what I was going through and the thoughts that I had, you know, the self-harming thoughts, the suicidal thoughts, the, um, and all the rest of it. So what I would like to, to put across is this idea of treating mental health like any other illness or any other injury, okay? 
we can understand, we can try to understand the triggers or even the trauma that a person has had that could spring on a bout of depression or increase their anxiety or some other mental health illness. Just the same way as people will come into the office and have a swollen ankle and they know that they did this because they tripped up the step after they had a couple of drinks and that's how their ankle swelled up to how it was. Yes, this person for a soft tissue injury is going to see a physiotherapist or an osteopath or someone like that. And people will recommend that to, to those people. But will the people in the office, and I really want to try and get you guys to think about this, will you or will someone else, if they speak up from battling their mental health, will you try and help them? Or will you go, wow, that's a bit of a tricky conversation. I'm not getting involved. Because just like you would refer someone on to a physiotherapist or someone else for a soft tissue injury, I think we all should try and help others to seek help and refer them on to, maybe it's a charity for mental health if you don't know specific therapists or, or people that can help out as well. So this is an interesting thing that I've been thinking about for a while now. Because when you look at it from a bird's eye view, from 10,000 feet, looking down on this situation, why can't we treat, as a society, mental health illness just like any other injuries in the workplace or in society? Because what normally happens, and from my experience and from the information that I've read, is most people will have a trigger or have a trauma that will spur on their mental health illness to a point where they struggle to function, where they just can't live day to day. So something has happened. There's actually, an, as I said, a trigger or a trauma or an experience. Just like someone who has a soft tissue injury or falls over and, and scrapes open their arm and they need stitches. Okay, There is an actual experience or something that has happened. And then after this happens, we need to go and see someone about it. We need to seek help. On the physical side, it's a doctor, it's a physio, it's someone like that. On the mental health side, unfortunately, too many people don't go and seek help because they're afraid, because they feel ashamed, because they feel one of a hundred different emotions why they don't. And that's a shame because personally, I know what it's like. And if the world and especially in our society today, was more acceptable, I think more people could speak up to go and seek help. So there wouldn't be long-term devastating effects of people who are suffering from mental health for many years and, and decades. And I think that everyone in society can play a part. Just like you see someone walking off a bus or walking down the street with crutches or something like this, 
you try and help them out as best as you can. That might be just getting out of their way. So if you try and in your circle of friends or your family, be open to discuss someone that may be suffering from a mental health illness, you are doing your bit for society to help remove I, I'm sorry, but remove the stigma. People talk about the stigma is getting removed, but it's not. Because still many, many people aren't willing to speak about their mental health. And people are still suffering, committing suicide, self-harming themselves. All the time. So I really feel that we all can do a little bit more. And it starts from ourselves, for ourselves, reaching out to others to try and seek help. But also within our family and our and our friends cycle, circle, I should say. So what do you think about that? Treating mental health just like any other injury that we have. Helping people to understand their triggers or their experiences or the trauma that they have. And then encouraging people and even yourself to seek help so you can try and help others and yourself take the initial steps that are needed to try and enable others and yourself to live on a daily basis rather than simply to survive. All right, guys, I'm going to leave today's podcast right there, a little bit deep, thought-provoking, and also it's very personal to me, so I am passionate about this, this subject because I've been through it. Please, please, please let me know your thoughts on this latest Luke Flowdown podcast by leaving a comment on whatever platform you listen to the podcast, share it with your friends and subscribe. It really helps us to grow the community so others can actually see it organically and they can subscribe and be part of the Luke's Lowdown podcast. And as always, thank you very much for listening. Be real and be you.